0: Hello and welcome to another episode of For My Role Podcast. We were just going to give a little bit of news about ourselves, actually. We might not have told any of you this, but we have a lot of stuff going on in our lives. Um, We have a baby due. In October? October
1: 24th. 22nd, but okay. Actually, I think it's 21st. I don't know. It's coming.
0: Hmm. (laughs) Coming in October in (laughs) the 20s.
1: Apparently, we don't know what they <laughs> Uh
0: Yeah, so we have a baby coming up. Uh, we also have bought a new house and hoping to close that on the 24th. Maybe that's why I got my dates confused.
1: Yeah.
0: The 24th of August, though. Mm-hmm. And today it's... What is it today? The 6th. The 6th of August. Sixth. In the year 2020. Yes. So, yeah, a lot of stuff going on right now. But that said... We still had some time to browse some Gen Con stuff.
1: Duh.
0: Because it's Gen Con season, and uh, this year it's online Gen Con season, which is kind of interesting. They have uh, online booths and stuff, and uh, I thought it worked okay. I thought the website was terrible. Oh, my
1: God. It was horrible, especially (laughs) – On mobile,
0: it's unusable.
1: Yeah, pretty much if you're browsing (laughs) on your phone, it's – it's like useless
0: and browsing on the computer is only a little bit better
1: <laughs> yeah it, it yeah it wasn't the best um
0: so most of your shopping will need to be done through the vendors' actual websites mm-hmm. the gen con store for board games is decent but it's
1: it doesn't have a white selection no no
0: yeah you no, know it's okay but it was a great opportunity to look at a whole bunch of new games
1: yeah to kind of just browse and see like, What's going on, what's big right now, mm-hmm.
0: what's
1: yeah. coming out, and, um, and see what different vendors had sales.
0: Yeah, um, which I wanted to say my, my brother and his wife kind of went crazy on it.
1: But they always go big.
0: They got 15 games out of this Gen Con shopping, and we have a different approach to it. It brought up a real interesting thing about how people shop for games. Uh some people shop for games for just, oh that seems cool, I'm just gonna buy it. Um with us, we like to kind of limit ourselves. We already well, that's one of the things. I think my brother has a growing collection of board games and we have a completely overflow
1: Busting collection of board games. <laughs>
0: overflowing <Yeah. laughs> collection. So that we kind of agreed that we have a three by four calyx and two other two by four calyxes. Mm-hmm. And we were like, we are not getting another Calyx. No way. <laughs> we have enough games. And I think we have almost 200 games in our collection right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we're at a limit where if we can't hold it, we can't have it. <laughs>
1: yeah, which is sad. So
0: we got to be very selective in our board game, mm-hmm. what we we're going to buy. But even still, we are um, we're very cautious buyers for the most part. I like to look at several reviews first, make sure it's got a pretty good rating. Or go with a really trusted designer
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, before I before I buy my games. And it seems like with, with my brother, which I'm not saying one side's better or worse. It was just interesting to compare the two. Because he's definitely cult of the new. Um, always buying just the newer stuff. Yeah. And um, they also kind of go just for a lot for looks. Yeah. They also go crazy on expansions. Oh, Before yeah. Before they even played the game, which is crazy to me. But uh, it's just a whole different board game shopper. So it seems like uh, Gen Con is huge for people like that. Yeah. Because they can make a huge haul off them.
1: I mean, especially if you're actually you're at Gen Con, mm-hmm. you can just browse up and down all these aisles and see all these exhibitors. So you kind of like in the moment, you know, having them teaching you the game, you just kind of get drawn in and you end up buying more.
0: Yeah, which I'm kind of jealous of that. But I have something in me that just holds me back, and it's just like, oh, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it until I know for sure. Um, also, I'm a huge deal hunter. Yeah. And I think uh, that gets a lot of uh, gets a lot of people. They they really pound them in at Gen Con. I think <laughs> in the booths.
1: Oh yeah. They hike sure. up the
0: prices like crazy. Um, and I like kind of like to wait on my deals a little bit. Yeah, but um, That said, there have been some uh, some booths and some websites that have had really great Gen Con deals.
1: Yeah, they did. So we mm-hmm. went through the whole uh, Gen Con, the games just for Gen Con, like on their store. They had mm-hmm. mostly like bundle packs, like I guess like designer oh, packs or
0: something yeah, like that. Yeah, they had some cool uh, publisher packs, yeah, exactly. kind of. And uh And, oh yeah, that was one that I was going to mention. Uh, I'll mention it in a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, they had some cool sales.
1: But um, we decided to kind of look around the exhibitor list because they still had a really big exhibitor list. Mm-hmm. And um, one of them was Miniature Market. Right. Um, which we've shopped on a lot. And they had a pretty good sale going on.
0: Yeah, really good sale. Um, Asmodee had an amazing sale. They had really good price cuts in their games. I also want to say, you know, they had really good price cuts, which means they're really trying to keep up mm-hmm. with a lot of the big... With a lot of the big board game board game stores, I guess. Yeah. Uh, namely, the big Namely one is uh, is Amazon.
1: Yeah. Uh, they're
0: trying their best. But, uh, you know, looking at a lot of these games, I was just price comparing to Amazon. And even the big Gen Con deal, you can always get it cheaper on Amazon with the free shipping. I'm just like...
1: Yeah, you don't have I'm... to have like a minimum order in order to get your whole order shipped.
0: It's just tough to compete, man. And <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm just like... I have Amazon Prime. Yeah. I mean, I want to – I mean, this is a great deal, but it's not greater than the average Amazon deal, which yeah. is like, oh, I got to go with Amazon. Like, I have to. <laughs> it's it's COVID too, you know. <laughs> People are trying to save money. Um, but I did want to say Asmodee had some great price cuts to their games. Um, also, Lucky Duck. Lucky Duck had some really cool deals where they had huge bundles. You could buy every expansion for everything for like 100 bucks mm-hmm. for like Vikings Gone Wild, uh, Chronicles of Crime. They had just giant deals with that. So if you want to look for a bundle, if you're trying to buy the whole complete game, if you know it's good, check out that deal. It seems like a really good one. I think they had $33 because they have three types of games they converted from apps into board games. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had like all three of those for like 30 bucks. Which is good for board games. And they know. still
1: have it going on right now.
0: Uh, I believe so. Yeah, and I, these deals, it seems like for the most part, they should be going on for the rest of the month. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So keep an eye out for that. Um. Also, well, as we as we've said, this Gen Con thing has kind of made us look a little bit further into board games. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to see the new variety and stuff like that. So we wanted to point a couple out that we these aren't necessarily Gen Con exclusive games, but we've been led to find these games through looking at these publishers' booths at Gen Con, which would be what I think the booth would be for. The whole point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point. Uh, so yeah. So this first one's called Wild Space. Uh, this game, it looks like a really cool cutie theme between space exploration and cute animals
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that seems like a cool little matchup the artwork looks great and uh yeah i just looked at a quick review for that and it looks good it looks fun yeah so this next one's called the alpha this was one of my brother was super psyched for and i could see now why he would be psyched for it. it's a really unique theme where you're wolves like a wolf pack And well, I think you're a wolf in a wolf pack, something
1: like that. He said.
0: And um, you have to like compete for other against other wolves at certain points, Mm -hmm. and yeah, you're just trying to hunt like caribou and stuff. It looks super cool, uh, kind of territorial thing, uh, really cool um idea for a board game, and it looks like components are great, cool theme. I check it out.
1: Yeah, the next one is a one small step. Mm-hmm. I believe this one was like um, moon landing or was it like just space exploration? Yeah. Like an astronaut theme to so it. So
0: it looks like this publisher does like heavy war games mm-hmm. and stuff like that. This is interesting because it seems like this one is – it follows history as part of like the space race. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems really complex and really thematic. It has like pictures of the actual astronauts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I like that historical blend in the games – uh, it's a really expensive game, Yeah. but for the depth, I mean, I might consider it. If more reviews come out, it seems really good. Uh, right now, I looked at one of the reviews, and it looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, this is
1: one that we were seriously considering, but we just
0: couldn't pull the trigger on. Yeah, 80 bucks yeah. price point, uh, but it does look heavy enough to be worth the price point. Yeah,
1: and it looks different, and at, at this point, I think... We're looking for something that's different.
0: We got to have something unique to our collection at this point. Because um, I think for the most part, we have the best of the best of each
1: yeah, we category. Have, <laughs> yeah, we even have the ugly games, but they're good, but they're ugly.
0: Yeah, it's just they're the best <laughs> of the type of game yeah. we want to play. Or they're unique in their own category. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we can't have another super similar yeah game because there's no point there's no just. unless it's that much better Mm -hmm. then we'll get rid of our other one Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah at this point it's good to find something unique uh speaking of unique there is another game i was looking at that caught my eye immediately called grindhouse
1: oh yeah that one looked really cool
0: the cover of this game just looks great it looks like these four people standing outside a like a haunted house and there's blood all over it Mm -hmm. it looks really cool So uh, it looked like the theme for this game is that all of you are trying to survive a night in a haunted house, Mm -hmm. and it looks like there's a lot of um, humor in the game. Like uh, you'll lose limbs, and uh, there's just a bunch of craziness that happens. Yeah, like (laughs) if you
1: get like your... Like, if you lose your limb or you get it, like, eaten or whatever, like, you would actually have, like, an overlay towel you would put over your leg. Right. Showing, like, the bone or showing that it's, like, completely gone. Yeah,
0: exactly. You're kind of,
1: like, disintegrating little by little.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it, it looks like it's a humorous, kind of dark humor. Yeah, even the thing. artwork is, like,
1: cartoony. like right. it's fun. Uh,
0: Yeah, it just looks like a fun deal. And uh, we were looking at it. Might not work good with two, mm-hmm. but it still looked like it was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll have to look at some more reviews. If it turns out to be good with two, I might take a look at it. Uh, it was a little pricey for us too, for what it looked like.
1: And I think it was like a shorter game. So we couldn't justify paying all that money for it. I think it was like 20 minute gameplay.
0: Yeah. We'll have to see how, how good that 20 minutes is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because, uh, short's not necessarily bad because I mean, the more we played, sometimes you, you just need a bunch of short games to fill a day or so, uh, yeah, it might be worth your time. Uh, definitely check it out. Very unique artwork, very unique theme, I think, for the most part. Looks like unique mechanisms, too. So the big showcase game. Oh, yeah, this was everywhere. Was is called Kingswood. And this one actually looked really cool from what I could see. Now, all I've seen, really, is a bunch of cards. Mm-hmm from the how to play and all this. Uh, and I think the game was, I think, 20 to $30. I
1: think it was, like, closer to 30
0: Yeah. Uh, but from the mechanism, it did seem pretty cool. Uh, it looks like you're trying to uh, kind of outfit your party or your player mm-hmm. uh, in, like, a medieval town and send them through the Kingswood, which is, like, a, you know, treacherous. You're going to be confronted with a bunch of... Um, creatures or things you're gonna fight uh but it looks like it's kind of a cool little rondelle-ish sy- system just for cards
1: mm-hmm.
0: um from what i could see maybe i'm completely wrong but um from the way he was explaining it it seems uh pretty good it looked like really cool mechanisms good gameplay so i could kind of see why it was um showcased for this one all right so this next one caught my eye just because my son is a huge wwe fan and this was WWE Legends Royal Rumble card game.
1: Oh, that's a long it's name. It's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but it looks like it has all the legends. I mean, this has all the way back to, like, Ric Flair, Macho Man Randy Savage, up to, like, the big later dogs, like, uh, early 2000s, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so, but this game, I was looking at it really close, and then I realized it's a little too... I don't know, a little too much for our son. Yeah. Uh it has kind of the standard um like health points and my kick has to be better than your defense and it's not the kind of game I son would stats enjoy and stuff, yeah. yeah but i will say from the review it seems very thematic if you're into wrestling you'll probably like this because it has like the flavor text for little catchphrases that your wrestler oh, will do cool. and it has their special move like the drop kick and whatever the uh, the special move of your wrestler was and uh has you know um really good uh like photographs from that time a really cool little combat game and it could go up to like 10 players or something
1: oh wow so
0: it seems like uh, if you're into wrestling and you have a big group that is also into wrestling or is into that kind of combat game uh check this one out looked pretty good to me just not our kind of game no yeah so this next one is called t for two and this we definitely picked up (laughs) yeah
1: and this one i kind of forced tyler to buy because as he mentioned you have to have like a million reviews and all these check boxes in order for us to buy it
0: and this one had no reviews
1: no but i said we're getting it because it's a two-player only game Mm -hmm. and it's a tea game like Mm -hmm. tea theme game um actually an alice in wonderland game yep it's a card game and i was like i need it and the components look adorable and it's kind of like a deck building but light deck building game okay so i definitely wanted it and i wanted to try it out um my sister-in-law actually wanted to try it out too but she was scared to pull the trigger on it so she said i'll let you guys buy it and then let me know how it goes
0: (laughs) yeah which is crazy for them because they buy it it. (laughs) Uh, so yeah i guess we still gotta have a little bit of that impulse
1: i have to if it's tea themed
0: uh okay might not go
1: well but we'll
0: see yeah we'll hope so uh no but this game really i mean it would be more um if it looked a little i don't know a little different if it looked like they were really trying to go for the cutesy Mm -hmm. too hard then Mm -hmm. i would be suspect
1: yeah but
0: this one seems like it's you know legitimate it seems like the artwork's legitimate it seemed like they had good um like good production for it so usually when it's like that i kind of i'm like okay Mm -hmm. like it seems like this one's gonna be actually good and not just looks yeah um so yeah i I still i still think this game will be a good one. yeah
1: it doesn't look like it's overproduced and it was a pretty cheap price i think it was like what 20 less than 20 dollars
0: uh yeah it was it was cheap enough to you know to To give it a shot anyways uh yeah so this next one is for sure good i have seen reviews for this one and i know it's good
1: I saw it on my Facebook feed a few months ago, I think, uh-huh. when it came out on Kickstarter. Uh-huh. And the cover is just like a cute little calico cad. Right. And he's all rolled up in a little ball. He looks adorable. Uh-huh. But I did not even think of clicking on it because I was like, if I click on it, it's just not going to be good. I'm going to end up buying it. <laughs> so I never even looked into like how it worked. I uh-huh. just noticed that it was kind of like a tile laying game. Uh-huh. Um, but Tyler just brought it up to my attention yesterday. Yep. And you found a review on it on the Dice Tower, which uh-huh. actually turned out to be turned out to be a pretty good game.
0: Yeah, Calico. Uh apparently it's really good. And um it's it's one of those ones that at this point cats and quilts cats and quilts Aww. are just flooding the market. <laughs> so at this point it's like everybody has the expectation that oh my god, it's another freaking cat game that you know may or may not be good it's just flooding the market right now it's a new thing but this one is actually good
1: yeah and i checked that out and it's still actually on kickstarter i think it's 35 dollars
0: yeah so we'll have to keep an eye out for that one um maybe if it drops price a little bit we might pull the trigger on that one
1: yeah because i don't want to pay for shipping
0: all right so now we're going to jump into games we played uh one game we played this week is called Baron park uh this one i played Uh, It came out in 2017, it was designed by Phil Walker-Harding, and it was published by Lookout Games. This is a tile-laying game, very simple tile-laying game, but very tight tile-laying game. Uh, I could see with this one that it was, you could automatically see what you're going for right away. Uh, The objectives are very clear. Um, All you're gonna do is set these tiles uh, and you cov- you're covering icons on your little park There's are certain areas where you can't cover but you're trying to cover these icons on your park and uh, when you do that you take the action that covering your icon would do which usually is to grab more tiles it could be to add another giant tile to your board basically mm-hmm. another thing to fill in um, and if you fill up a whole you know, area then you get victory points for being the first to do that uh, and that's the basic gist. Um, you'll have certain objectives in the advanced game. Yeah, it's basically the whole gist of the game. Very tight gameplay, very easy to learn. And that's what I enjoyed most about it was that, man, uh, you could pick it up right away and uh, you could have a lot of strategy in your arsenal wrapped right the bat. like, the second play, you're like, okay, I know what I'm doing.
1: Well, it seems like it was addicting. You played it twice, back to back. You just in a short to time
0: span, too. Yeah, and
1: you played the advanced rules and the normal rules. So.
0: Yep, and the advanced, I definitely recommend it. Um, it doesn't take anything away from it. Very easy to pick up.
1: And it seems like it was a really tight game. I saw you guys trying to like...
0: Both games were very tight. Count
1: to the very last
0: point. <laughs> yeah, in the first game, I th- I thought I won, and my brother even thought I won, and he won by like two points or something oh, like wow. that. Oh, wow. And the second game, I only won by a couple points in the advanced game. Uh, so, I mean, that's how easily it is to pick up. Those are my first two games, you know. Very good tile-laying game. Uh, definitely check it out. Um, I thought it was great. The artwork's great. The theme's kind of weird, but it's okay. I saw those, like, toilets and are <laughs> you're, you're creating a bare park.
1: you got to have toilets.
0: Like, yeah, I mean... Yeah, if you're gonna check out some bears, yeah, you need to. You're gonna toilet. be pooping yourself from being so scared. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying bear park, but uh, but no, it's a it was a very very good tile lane game. All right, so the second game is called Dinosaur Island. Uh, this was published in 2017. Jonathan Gilmore, Brian Lewis, and uh, it was published by Pandasaurus Games.
1: I feel like we're late to the party with this
0: one. Yeah, big time. Uh, We've been interested for a long time in the two-player version, Mm Duelasaurus. But this one, we just played the normal game. So uh, this one was very, very interesting. With this one, uh, you are using different DNA, different types of DNA, uh, trying to get all this DNA together in order to create dinosaurs for your park. Uh, You're also trying to create more attractions for your people. And you're trying to up your security so that these dinosaurs don't kill your people. (laughs) (laughs) So it was really interesting. It was like, yeah, you're running a Jurassic Park type of deal. What if you were trying to run an actual Jurassic Park theme park the right way? Not like in the movies.
1: (laughs) You mean like the actual safe way?
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh. You're trying to at least. (laughs) <laughs> if some people get eaten then eh. yeah, i you know,
1: you gotta have some casualties
0: uh yeah some interesting mechanisms in this one um some annoying mechanisms in this one that <laughs> does pull in, you pull these people the people who are coming to your park you pull them out of a bag out of a bag and there's yellow little people and there's pink little people and the pink little people are called hooligans you don't get any money from them and they can't get eaten by dinosaurs So they're just the worst to pull out of the bag. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, other than that, I made a really cool dinosaur park. I made three Tyrannosaurus Rexes. My security level had to be gigantic (laughs) because they were T-Rexes. But, uh, yeah, really fun. You're trying to increase excitement by having more dinosaurs. And you also want to get more people in... Into the park, so you're creating more cages for the dinosaurs. You're making a d- bunch of different booths to get more money, like like a hats store, whatever. That sounds
1: really cool. I didn't get to play this one because I was um taking a pregnant nap. So. Yeah. But it looked fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. Uh, and the graphics are great. You have cool little wooden dinosaurs and stuff. Yeah, I saw it. It looked adorable. Yeah, uh, good game. Definitely recommend it. Hopefully, the two player is close to what this game was.
1: Yeah, we have to look into it.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: think it's still almost the same price.
0: Yeah, I don't know. The production value was great with this one. You had a little indents in the boards and everything. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, you could tell once they start putting indents in the boards for things uh, that they really went overboard on production, which <laughs> is great. Which is great. <laughs> you just have to pay for it. Yeah. Which is fine because that's a way overproduced game and if that's what you're looking for, that's what you pay for. <laughs> yeah. uh, so this next one, I have been waiting to play forever. Oh my god. Uh, this one's called The Quacks of Quedlinburg. This game was everywhere. And I was like, these quacks, this quacks, this quacks. What's <laughs> up with this game? It's everywhere. There's reviews for it all over the place. It's supposed to be great. So yeah, we we checked out The Quacks of Quedlinburg. Uh, this was put out in 2018. Designed by Wolfgang Warch, published by Northstar Games, and this is another bag building game, which bag building is one of our favorite mechanisms. But
1: boy, did I suck at this one, because besides bag building, it's also like push your luck. Yes. And I suck so bad.
0: And you always push your luck.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? I don't even think I thought of the odds. Like, what are the odds that I'll go over and bust? I was just I don't know, which I is not no,
0: smart in push your no luck is. strategy. <laughs> I think
1: this is why I sucked.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a big that's a big problem. <laughs> uh, so with this one, yes, it is all push your luck. It is all back building.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: basically, what you're trying to do is you you have like a spiral board, a cauldron. Mm-hmm. It's called a called, but it's basically just a big spiral. And what you do is you you take these uh, tokens out of your bag, and there's bad tokens and there's good tokens. They all have numbers on them, which means the number that you put down on the board that you pick out of the bag and you put down on the board means how many spaces you move forward mm-hmm. on this spiral track track, right? Uh, which will get you more victory points each turn, and will get you more points. Well, not victory points. It'll get you more points to buy better things to put in your bag, basically. Yeah. And uh, the things that you pull out of the bag will have special abilities as well. You'll set it down and this one will say move another this many spaces for each other whatever.
1: Yeah. They
0: all have different powers, basically. You know, Of course, the better powers and the bigger numbers, are. they cost more to buy. Mm-hmm. And there's also rubies that you get throughout the game that do different things but that's the basic gist of the game and uh it's a good little bag builder and the pusher luck does really come in because man you could get unlucky real quick yeah a lot of luck in this game actually um i mean you could try to mitigate as much as you want but you could throw you could just draw three bad things in a row
1: yeah because the thing about it is you can't actually get rid of you can't get rid of the bad ones right which are the garlic I think we did have one card that let us get rid of one mm-hmm. but that was it other than that there's really no special abilities where you can get rid of them you're pretty much stuck with the yeah. garlic which those are the bad.
0: and you could have 20 mm-hmm. 20 chips in your bag but if you draw you could still just draw three in a row and we've seen it
1: <laughs> yeah it happened to me a lot
0: you could draw three bad things in a row, and then you're just screwed. You're just done, yeah. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I mean, that's push your luck games for you. Sometimes it just works like that. No, the mechanisms are really good for this. Uh, it seemed really quick. Turns went pretty quick. There's a lot of simultaneous action, mm-hmm. which is good for a game like this. So you don't have to sit around watching other people do it. Uh, I could see why it was so popular.
1: It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I sucked at it, but I liked it.
0: Yeah, well, push your luck <laughs> don't push uh, it <laughs> yeah so another game we played which we have played before and weren't very good at just we, yeah. two players it's not as good uh this one's called the mind it was put out in 2018 another game by wolfgang Warsh, and this is a co-op game where you have a deck of cards one to a hundred mm-hmm. and you're basically not communicating with your other teammates and you're trying to put these cards down in numerical order low to high so you kind of got to judge. Hmm, is this low card lower than my other teammates' cards? Mm-hmm. And you just got to place it. And if you get it wrong, then you, you have lose to. Life. Yeah, you have to lose a life, and you know you have to put down the cards that you skipped, and then you keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you lose enough lives, you lose the game. And uh, yeah, that's the basic gist of the mind. Uh, we actually did pretty good, four players, surprisingly.
1: It has levels. I think we got to level four.
0: Yeah, I think the the highest level is like twelve or thirteen or something like that.
1: Yeah, that's probably the and that's probably the highest we the farthest we have gone.
0: Yeah, it's uh, hard. It's, it's very hard. Yeah, you really and you can't, you know, you're not supposed to use any kind of communication whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of gotta, kind of gotta judge it. No cheating. <laughs> yeah,
1: and it's addicting. I mean, we did a few rounds of this, so
0: yeah, and it's, a nice it's quick, super quick. Yeah, yeah, and easy to pick up. Yeah, very simple. Uh, so that's the mind. All right, now we're going to get into our deep dive of the week. Today's deep dive is a game called Petrichor, which was put out in 2018, designed by David Cherkop, published by APE Games. Alright, so this plays one to four players. It's an area majority, hand management, and a voting game.
1: hmm
0: The components, there are a ton of different components oh, to this game. <laughs> <laughs> there yeah, the most notable component are these buildable cloud cups. Yeah. Yeah. Which they just look like clouds. Uh core, by the way, is apparently a noun that means the smet the earthy smell after a rain. Mm-hmm. This game is about clouds. You you are clouds, and, and you're rain. trying to rain moisture onto crops and grow them and harvest them, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, they have these buildable cloud cups. There are cards, of course. There are tiles, which will – there. Are, there's going to be tiles for the different crops. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a board, which basically keeps track of victory points and the weather and – harvest dice and stuff like that. Uh, There's dice. There's custom dice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, There's chits for little uh, chits that indicate whether or not the crop is growing or if it's not yet sprouting. Mm -hmm. Or uh, also there's wheat tokens, which are very important. We'll get into that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, There's also glass beads, which are the rain, basically. They come in each of your player colors, has different uh, glass little beads. And there are also little wood discs which are used for voting and keeping track of victory points and yes. stuff like that. All right. So uh, the gameplay works in that you play these cards. You have a hand of seven cards. You play these cards which will have one of the four different weather types on it, mm-hmm. which is rainy, frost,
1: sunny, sunny
0: and windy, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, after you play that card and take that action – uh, you'll be able to vote on either what kind of weather will come up or you can get a free victory point out mm-hmm. of it or, yeah. Uh, so basically that's the basic mechanisms: is you play a card and you vote.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, if you want to play a different card, you know, that you don't have, you can play two other cards to, you know, to basically use that, the card you want. Use action. that action. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, after you play cards and after everybody passes, uh, then you move on to the weather phase where frosty weather will have a certain effect, you know, sunny weather will have a certain effect. You'll all do whatever action is that weather type Mm -hmm. that you voted on. After that, whoever won the votes will get...
1: Whoever got the majority.
0: Yeah, whoever got the majority of each weather type of each vote, basically,
1: mm-hmm.
0: whoever won that vote uh, gets to get extra victory points because you won
1: mm-hmm.
0: the vote. Yeah, other than that, you'll move on to eventually a harvest phase where all the harvest dice, if they all show the harvest symbol, uh, you'll have a harvest phase, which is basically scoring for the crops that you're on. your rain is on and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's your scoring phase. At the end of four rounds in the short game, uh, you'll have a scoring phase no matter what. And then the game's over. And you'll count up victory points. um, The highest victory points wins. If you're tied, the highest voting wins. If not, you share the victory, apparently.
1: If you're tied the first the last person to have harvested something wins
0: no the first player to run over to a field and <laughs> oh, harvest <yeah. laughs> oh, yeah. wins something like <laughs> that <laughs> yeah so uh so basically there's some really cool mechanisms that go on in this game yeah we could get into them
1: yeah so like as far as like the cards Mm-hmm. Um, the cards are very simple. They just have an icon on the top and a picture. It doesn't have any writing. Yep. So you have a player aid that will tell you, hey. This...
0: A good player aid, too. Yeah,
1: it will tell you, hey, like, this symbol means you're taking this action. Right. So you would just basically just look at the symbol and then look at your little player aid and figure out what you're supposed to do. You'll get the hang of it's it It's super after intuitive.
0: A while. It's not confusing at all. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. Also, when you vote... You can Mm -hmm. vote either on the main main weather that's on the very top or it will tell you that you can vote on the next one going clockwise yeah
0: there's three different icons on on the card there's a yeah. giant one which it's obvious that that is the so it just kind of reminds card. you yeah or you could vote on the next weather in that cycle or whatever yeah. you have options to vote and it will have
1: a little picture of it too so mm-hmm. and for voting is very important because you'll start with frost and work your way clockwise but not all of them will be activated only the two
0: with the majority. weathers that
1: have the majority right yeah um
0: which are very important
1: <laughs> and then they have like clouds which is like the biggest thing you you have actions where you can place a cup like a or well, a cloud basically a cloud yes. with a, one raindrop and that's kind of how you start your cloud mm-hmm. but if and any point two clouds clash
0: because you can move your clouds yeah, around. yeah if two go into the same tile yeah they merge and become a thunder cloud.
1: yes and then you put a little thunder on it which this is annoying it doesn't stay but it looks like a pikachu
0: yeah, there's a little car- <laughs> a little cardboard thunderbolt that'll go that'll clip onto your little cloud. Yeah. Um, that and, keeps falling. I'm kidding. Yeah, which you could be really strategic with these. Like uh, you know, different actions will allow you to move your clouds into other places. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you move a cloud to a place with another cloud, you merge those two clouds. And uh, also if you have more than 4 more than 4 rains, more than 4 beads, inside a cloud by itself it becomes a thundercloud and thunderclouds are important to have because thunderclouds in some cases are the only ones that will rain during the rainy season and yeah if you all these tiles by the way these different crops have different rules Mm -hmm. so some have to have a certain number of rain on them to sprout and to grow and to earn points yeah which is the whole point Um, some crops have different rules, like, uh, the sun will have to come out for them to, for them to, uh, have higher victory points. Mm -hmm. Um, some will have to have rained in order to score anything for them.
1: Yeah.
0: Cactuses, for example, are better with less rain. No way! If it has too much rain, then you score a whole lot less. Yeah. Uh, so it's really interesting because you're shifting these rain clouds around and, You know, you never know when it's going to rain, or you might be voting against rain the whole time, but your opponent might, you know, make rain happen, and then you're screwed. Yeah, really interesting mechanisms that I haven't seen in...
1: Yeah, no, I haven't seen that, and even on on one of the crops, it was the first player got, I think, like, the majority got, like, one point, and then the second... The second like place seven. got seven, and you just mooched off of mine. You went, and you made me pretty much end up in first place.
0: Right. So, so you, on so purpose,
1: you ended up on second place so you can get more.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That like, was annoying. There's whole different scoring rules for different uh, for different crops.
1: And you only ha- you do have a limit on the raindrops. So whatever the game comes with, that's as much as you can do. Yep. So you kind of just have to shift all of your clouds around and all of your rain around. Mm-hmm. So you can get the most points because that's pretty much all you have to work with.
0: Yeah, you want to harvest as soon as possible. I think we only had two harvests in our game and the second harvest was kind of pointless because we had been building up to one harvest the whole game, Mm -hmm. uh, which I guess is odd.
1: Yeah, because you can make (laughs) it. I mean, one of the options when playing the card, Mm -hmm. which I think we weren't really doing is you can turn the harvest dice kind of like a countdown. Keep counting it down. Turning it down one and once notch, it gets
0: down to zero,
1: then it's like harvest. But all three of them have to have the harvest icon right in order for it to be harvest. Yeah, and I think we were not manipulating the dice like we were supposed yeah. to,
0: as often. As well, possible. number one, we were playing a short game, mm-hmm. but normally you have multiple scoring rounds in one game, and we had just been going up to one giant scoring round. Yeah, and so we were running out of rain, there was raindrops everywhere. <laughs> we're like, we need to score, and then finally, the the harvest happened and uh, it was just a crazy score flat score fest. And then all of a sudden there was no more rain on the board and it was the fourth round and
1: <laughs> we didn't have anything to do.
0: And uh, yeah, that was pretty much the end. Oh, by the way, wheat, wheat is very important. The wheat crop on the game. We didn't really pay attention to much. Vicki got one of them and was like, I think I need three of these or whatever. And at the end of the game, it's worth the one with the most wheat, gets twelve victory and points. I had which is one huge. Whole wheat. <laughs> which is huge. Twelve victory points is huge victory yeah. point percentage in the game. Yep. It skyrocketed her into first place. And she ended up winning by like three points. I think two point two three points, yeah. Yeah, like two points. Yeah, so very important. Wheat. <laughs> uh so I mean obviously from the way we we're talking about it, uh we really enjoyed it. Yeah uh, it's very different. Way different. So I would actually kind of put this in the same category as wingspan because it has such high production value, mm-hmm. unique components.
1: So thematic too.
0: Yeah. Very thematic. Uh, you know, the components were way up there, you know, just like wingspan was with the art, with the, with the overproduced components and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I would put this in the same category because the clouds are really cool. You have fun with like the eggs in wingspan. You have fun with the clouds in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have fun with the raindrops. Really strategic uh, card, you know, card playing. I mean, with two, it was it was great. Uh, it was really quick turns back and forth. Boom, boom, boom.
1: Yeah. It's a pretty quick game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, pretty quick. A lot of strategy. A little bit of take that at, at times, but not overly so.
1: Well, you kept moving me, so I kept moving myself back.
0: Yeah, those win cards. I think
1: that was kind of a waste of turn now that I think back on it. Yeah. But you were uh, messing with me.
0: Right. Well, that's the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. No, really cool. I like the unique scoring on each of the crops. Yeah. That was really interesting. It made you really think strategy. Uh, the weather was great. Yeah. It was, uh, it was really good. It gives me a really good feeling about this game. I have a pretty high – I had it pretty high up there right now.
1: Yeah. We really like this game. This game was um... – it's not actually our game. It's Tyler's brother's game.
0: Yeah, he just wanted us to play so we can we can kinda of figure it out by the time we come back up there so we could play. Yeah, I think they really
1: wanted to play it. But um this one also has expansions. Mm-hmm. the flowers expansion, honey bee expansion, so I'm sure those are probably like great too if they're anything like the base game. Yeah. Probably add a lot to it.
0: Yeah, which right now I think it has plenty yeah <laughs> I'd have to play this game a lot to be like oh, I'm sick I need of two normal expansions <laughs> yeah uh no 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 I think this game is is great so anything else
1: no my only complaint is that the little little thunderbolts didn't stay in the little notches like they were supposed to be. they kept falling off it was getting my nerves yeah other than that it... huge
0: con <laughs> yes the little Pikachu tails kept falling off <laughs> anyways Other than that, it looked it was perfect. (laughs) Yeah, really good game. Uh, so that is Petrichor. Definitely check it out. Yeah, check it out. All right, now it is time to get into our death by exposure. This week's death by exposure is a movie called Drive. This was put out in 2011, directed by Nicholas Winding Refn. And this stars Ryan Gosling.
1: Yes. Woo!
0: Yeah. Uh, so this movie, um, I loved this movie. When it first came out, I thought it was just such a cool, different kind of movie. And I was shocked to find out that uh, that Vicky had not seen it. And I was super surprised for her to see it. Were you really that shocked? Uh, yes, I was. What? Because it's such a recent movie. <laughs> I, I wouldn't put it. Bad. And This was everywhere, man. Yeah, this movie's so different. It's so cool.
1: Well, coming into, into it, it, I think I thought it was like Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really like Baby Driver.
0: Yeah, I will say it has to be up there in the top ten coolest opening scenes of any movie. Oh, that was pretty cool. That opening scene was just just amazing.
1: I like it has like nerves of steel.
0: Yeah, Ryan Gosling is uh he's like just strong, silent, weird very loner
1: anti-social
0: yeah he's like like he said he's like a zombie he was just like like all he does is drive man I, <laughs> I don't even sleep <laughs> uh so yeah and it's one of the coolest soundtracks I mean the soundtrack it's all kind of 80 80 synthy music yeah. which is freaking cool I love that genre of music it's really like niche but uh, I think it sounds so cool So yeah, basically the plot of this movie is that there is a guy who is a movie stunt driver Mm -hmm. who, uh, his main deal is a getaway driver as well. He's kind of a getaway driver just for hire. Um, he has a five minute rule that he will come to any place in the city and he will stay for five minutes. And if you, you know, come out and get in the car within that five minutes, he will get you wherever you need to go. Mm -hmm. Um, you know if during that five minute span he's yours anytime you know left or right of that five minutes he'll he'll leave he'll do whatever you know
1: yeah
0: but he'll be there for five minutes and get you wherever um so yeah it's basically about um him kind of adopting a little family
1: well yeah i mean it kind of starts off like he has his stuff like together as far as like he's like a stunt driver during the day and then like a
0: getaway driver, getaway
1: driver at night and he's and super
0: that's... cautious he like changes whole apartments after each job
1: yeah like if this has been working for him this is what he's been doing until a woman comes along and she just messes everything up
0: yeah uh, <laughs> yeah he has this cool little he's trying to get this deal going where uh, well the his boss mm-hmm. which is um brian cranston
1: yeah he works like as a mechanic also
0: yeah and he's kind of a loser who um you know used to be he's just uh, he's kind of a loser who just Mm uh is looking he's one of those guys that gets involved with the mob because he's stupid (laughs) he's like already gotten a permanently broken leg from the mobs and he's like going back to the mob being like hey i need your help helping fund something i'm Mm -hmm. like this guy's a freaking moron (laughs) but um but yeah, he's. I mean, he's got a possible career coming up as a race car driver, mm-hmm. um, because he's getting bankrolled by Brian Cranston and some mob dude.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: he doesn't care. I mean, he's a he's a cool driver guy.
1: And he's a cool, quiet driver guy. Yeah. And then he ends up meeting this lady that lives next to him, uh-huh. and he falls in love. And he kind of takes on like the fatherly role for this little kid. Right. And then everything goes to hell.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it's really, really, really good driving scenes. Really cool, uh, action scenes. Oh, yeah. I mean, bloody as hell sometimes.
1: Oh, yeah. I wasn't expecting some of those.
0: Yeah. Scenes. Yeah. Uh, the acting is great. Uh, it has Christina Hendricks in it. Os- Oscar Isaac is in it. hmm Um, yeah, really good actors are in it. And this movie, I would have to put up there with, um, like, Tarantino movies where there's just something about it where some people just can't capture it but it has that cool element in it you know like it just i don't know that you're just cool
1: <laughs> well it was really cool the only thing the like,
0: characters are just cool <laughs> yeah i mean
1: everyone was cool and like the cast was great right um my only thing is like it was like really short mm-hmm. so and then it just kind of like ended and i was like but what happened
0: yeah which I kind, of, I kind of like. It's kind of a little open-ended, and it's not even about that, really. It's just... The story. Yeah. Well, okay. So this is the tangent I kind of drew. After I watched it again, I was like, ah, oh, this is kind of like the Old West movies. I think there's a book called Shane that I think was made into a movie, too, where it's kind of like, oh, man, I don't want to spoil anything, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like this outsider comes in. He saves everybody. And then you don't know what happened to him, really. He, just, he just leaves. He yeah. just goes on to the next thing, mm-hmm. and you don't know if he like lived or died or what.
1: That's kind of what frustrated me, I guess.
0: I think that's like the open ended old west kind of formula thing. I guess that's pretty cool. But man, character is so cool, and there's cool scenes that are just like, damn, this guy's such a badass, and he is a bad motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he got in bad situations, <laughs> okay. and there's cool mob angles, and um, oh yeah, what's um. What's the guy's name? The rough guy, the hellboy. The mob guy? Ron Perlman. Yeah, uh yeah. The guy from
1: yeah. Sons of Anarchy. He, Ron Perlman a really is a villain. really
0: good bad guy. Yeah. Um so, yeah. It's uh it's really good. Really good scenes, good characters, and man, there's some tense moments.
1: Mhm.
0: Like I said, that opening scene, if you watch the opening scene and you don't want to keep watching the movie, just don't watch it. Because <laughs> you're insane. You're a mad person just yeah i don't know something's wrong with you <laughs> I'm something's wrong with you <laughs> uh because that is the coolest opening scene
1: yeah that was pretty cool
0: uh yeah so what do you think Your rating i would give it like a 3.5 3.5 no i i actually would give it a 4 <laughs> maybe even higher but it's just it's got that cool factor that i just can't get enough of and it's so different that soundtrack alone is oh like, the
1: soundtrack was pretty good i had that ending song stuck in my head all night
0: oh man such such good music in this one uh yeah i will say for sure it is unlike a lot of movies you will ever see very unique give it a watch for sure right and that was this week's death by exposure thanks so much for listening to another episode of for my role podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you.